What's going on, everyone? I'm Travis Brown with the Eagle alongside digital Alex Miller. We had a little technical difficulties with the rain, so we're doing our post-press conference recap slash the Miami Nation podcast a little virtually today. Uh, Alex, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Travis. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's raining outside. I don't know what that is. Uh, see if Max Crawford can tell me what that is. But uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, thunder and lightning and Kyle Field makes for some not great audio. So anyway, uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots to talk about, though, uh, in today's you know video podcast. You know, uh, we can start with this. You know, fortunately for the Aggies, one of the most notable things that came out of today's press conference is no major injuries still. You know, that going through fall camp, that's always a concern. And that's something that Anum is lucky to not deal with. Uh, Jimbo Fisher saying that, uh, they don't have anybody that should be out through the start of the season, the season opener against Sam Houston state here in about two, two and a half weeks. So uh, certainly good news for the Aggies on that front, Travis. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, we had seen a lot of guys who weren't necessarily in pads practicing guys like uh, Bryce Foster for a time period, Andre white, Layden Robinson, Walter Nolan, uh, who, who am I missing? There were, there was a lot of guys who have been in and out Miles of practice. Jones. Miles Jones. Miles Jones. You've had a couple receivers. Um, uh, they're back to practice with uh, Chris Marshall, Smith. Noah, Anaya Smith. He had the little finger deal. Um, so, yeah, you know, just the nicks and bruises of fall camp, just like you'd see anywhere across the country. And, you know, uh, A&M's surely hoping that that's going to continue to be the way things go as, as they get ready to get going this season. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, uh, Probably the other biggest news of the day, um, still no starting quarterback named. Uh, that's not necessarily a surprise, especially given how close the battle has been described. Of course, Haynes King and Max Johnson, even Connor Wegman still fighting for that job. Anum had their first fall scrimmage on Saturday, having another one this Saturday. Jimbo Fisher said this would be the last live scrimmage um, before the Aggies start their season. You know, uh, it, it seems like it's down to Haynes and Max, um, but still no indication. Jimbo said no timetable uh, per se either on when he'll name his starting quarterback, Travis. Sure. Uh, and, you know, Jimbo Fisher has said in the past many times that he really grades his quarterbacks off of those scrimmages, not necessarily as much the everyday practice those build up to the scrimmages and the scrimmages is where he truly gives those grades uh because of that i would venture to guess and this is just me being a a betting man i would put my money down on the fact that they would probably name a starter monday tuesday midweek next week it's what he did last year with haynes king uh when they got back to about a week and a half before uh the first game because he likes to have that continuity with the guys where the guys know who the guy is going to be, and they can get some practice, get into game week, uh, knowing who that number one guy is. So again, just me spitballing and, and looking at what Jimbo Fisher has done in the past, I would think that we would get a, a, a name here sometime next week. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. Um, you kind of nailed it on the head. Jimbo probably wants that QB one to start building some good rapport with whatever that starting unit is uh, at least a week before the season starts. But at the same time, you know, given how close the battle has been described, I also wouldn't be surprised if it was Monday afternoon, the the week of the season opener and Jimbo finally named a guy. Um, so certainly something to watch and uh, something to stay tuned about uh, as AM continues their fall camp. For sure. For um, sure. 
You know, something else that was really highlighted today uh, at today's press conference was kind of the running back depth. You know, AM knows what they have in Devon A. Chain, um, but when you go down the list, there's kind of a group of guys that are really working to, you know, separate themselves, find their roles, uh, different different skill sets. When you look at Amari Daniels, uh, Ernest Crownover, LJ Johnson, even Le'Veon Moss, true freshman. What did you kind of make of Jimbo's comments on, on that, Travis? I thought it was interesting that he said going back to the last scrimmage, they've actually limited the amount of reps that Devon A-Chain took in that scrimmage, not because there's anything wrong with him, but because they know he's going to be the guy. They wanted to see who that next guy is going to be. And running back is a position group that is, is kind of interesting because mostly through most of the time that Jimbo Fisher has been at Texas A&M, he's had kind of a 1A, 1B guy. You could you could argue Travion Williams was a little bit more of the uh, the feature back, but there was guys that supported him in Isaiah Spiller and uh, J. Sean Corbin and, and and some of those guys, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but but if he's going to go back to that feature back, if they're going to hand the ball to Devon A-Chain as many times as they can, or if they're going to have some guys step up to, t- to carry some of the load back there, he, he kind of indicated that with Devon A-Chain, if if he can be that guy, it depends on the guy. And if he can be the guy, they, they might use him more in that feature back type situation, but that they, he trusts any of those other guys with the ball. So I'm going to be able to see how they distribute the carries, how um, they, they put those and how many guys are incorporated in that and who those guys might be. Another interesting wrinkle is that is if you mentioned a guy like Ernest Crownover, who in the little bits of practice we've been able to see has kind of stepped up and take on some of that fullback role. And will, will he be able to find his niche as a, maybe a little bit more of a blocking back who can also carry or uh, the pony sets, the two back sets, if they will use him uh, some in that. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up, but I found it a little bit fascinating that they have really leaned heavily on those backup guys so they can separate who might be that number two, number three uh, moving forward. Yeah, you know, Amari Daniels, he he got a lot of carries in that spring game when Devon A-Chain was in track, of course, um, looked looked pretty sharp in, in the spring game. Um, LJ Johnson was, he was a big prize in that 2021 recruiting class, a, a signing day decision, um, from Cyprus and, you know, Le'Veon Moss guy, they pulled out from over in Louisiana. I mean, he looks the part, it's just a deal of, is he ready to go? You know, uh, Isaiah Spiller, he was kind of thrown in the fire there, his true freshman year. And, you know, first half of the season, he was complete deer in the headlights before he really came along and became one of the better backs AM's probably had in the last few decades. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's without question that Devon's the guy. Um, it's just a matter of where they go from there. And another thing is durability. You know, Jimbo Fisher, he kind of pointed to Dalvin Cook at Florida State when they won the national championship. Dalvin, kind of a similar skill set to what Devon A-Chain is, uh, gives gives in the backfield. And, you know, he just ran through right through the season with no issues because he was able to stay healthy. And that's just not been the case for AM at running back last year. Uh when, when you look at what happened with Isaiah Spiller kind of nicked up here and there kind of kept him from having that another monster season, like he did his sophomore year. Um, but yeah, really curious to see how that plays out. And, you know, these first couple games, th- there's probably going to be some good chances to see where it, what Anum does at, at that running back spot when, when they're going to play games where they should win and guys getting down the depth chart should get some meaningful snaps uh, for sure. Another another position that AM's really seeing a lot of competition and trying to figure out how it all sorts out is offensive line. Um, you know, 
that's another position that Jimbo Fisher really highlighted on at today's press conference and particularly the interior line. When you look at what AM's battling through at guard and, and even at center, Travis. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we've gone through practice, we've seen some kind of stalwarts with that first team. And again, I want to preface that these are kind of against air early practice situation. So things could change once we have to leave the practice, but you start on the left side, you have Trey Zoon, who's been there pretty much every day and Aki Agumbi uh, at left guard, who has been there pretty much every day. The interesting one, and we mentioned Bryce Foster missing some time because of injury and then also missing the spring because of track. Matthew Wyckoff is a guy that uh, Jimbo Fisher said he's been pleasantly surprised with, uh, and he's been taking most of the reps with the ones while Bryce Foster was out. And then also has kind of stayed there as Foster has slotted in with the twos. It'll be interesting to see if there's a, a competition level there or if if, Bryce, if they're making Bryce Foster come back and earn his spot back. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Then you move to uh, Layden Robinson, who pretty much has that right guard spot locked up, and then Ruben Fothery at the right tackle that has been pretty, pretty consistent there. But as we have said many times before, I think this is the deepest that Texas A&M has been at the offensive line. I mean, you go back to 2017 where they couldn't even find five guys. Uh, that is uh, with Noel Mazzoni and Kevin Sumlin, of course, but they couldn't even find five guys who were consistent enough. They were having to do this line change thing, especially think about uh, that UCLA game, the, the, the dreaded 2017 UCLA game. They were switching full offensive line out, trying to find five guys who could be cohesive. Now I think that we're in a situation at A&M where they can – there's guys who can push guys and we might actually see week to week. There could be different lineups as different guys step up and push guys. And that's the kind of sec depth that Jimbo Fisher has talked about for a long time. I think the offensive line is in a really healthy place as far as the Aggies are concerned. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, fortunately for A&M, if you're going to have a place where there's going to be some combinations and changes around, you probably want that on that interior line. You probably don't want as much rotation or movement on those tackles. And, you know, Ruben Father, he was a guy that stepped up as a true freshman, played really well last year. And Trey Zoon, a guy that's, you know, finally getting his turn, more of an experienced kid. Uh, and he, th they were really high on him in the spring. They've been really high on him in the fall. I don't really expect much movement going on there as of now, but yeah, I mean, that, that interior line, I mean, you've got five, six guys that are really competing for spots. Um, and Anum's got a lot of good options. And like we said, with running back, I mean, those first two games, um, there's, there's going to be opportunity for, for some mixing and matching potentially to see how guys gel with one another and, and can, can build some rapport up front. Um, so that's certainly something to watch. You know, Bryce Foster was so good last year. It's kind of hard to believe that, you know, he could potentially be fighting for his spot with how well he played. Um, but I mean, you look at Matthew Wyckoff, I mean, the dude's like six, six, three thirty. I mean, he is a monster. Um, and so A&M's got some dudes up front. Um, really, really curious too, like you said, Travis, just to see how it all comes together. Um, probably have some more definite answers once A&M starts getting down the road, playing the likes of Miami, Arkansas, maybe even Mississippi state. I I'd, I'd find it hard to believe that they're going to try and keep mixing it up, potentially anything past that. So. Sure. so you've seen a little bit more of practice than I have. Of course, I was away on marriage and honeymoon break at the start of season, been able to see the last four or five, uh, where, what has stood out to you from the, the four periods of practice or so we've been able to see, uh, guys that have stuck out to you questions that you might have. Yeah. You know, I think 
for me, one of the biggest things is that you're you're really starting to see the overall depth of talent really come around. Now, a lot of that goes back to AM signed the number one recruiting class last year. And, you know, we'll see how many of these freshmen and how much of an impact will they'll make uh, this season. Um, but I mean, you look at the lines and it, in the SEC, it just starts in the trenches, right? You go and look at the defensive line. There's not a lot of like just walk on scrubs walking around. I mean, these are big dudes that could could really actually play. And I mean, they're, they're, they're really the caliber when you, when you go and you watch a pregame warmup of the Alabamas and the Georgias and even the LSUs of the world. I mean, they're, they're, they're stacking up and they're comparing uh, to that level. That's something that I've really noticed, you know, yeah, guy and I think for me, oh, it goes back and I know this is a horse that I've, I've kicked dead plenty of times, but the tight ends that really fascinates me with how many they have and how they're going to be used because they, they, they do have a little bit of depth at wide receiver, but there's a lot of young guys, a lot of experienced guys. And Jimbo Fisher has said frequently they like using a two tight end set a lot. How are they going to use those guys? Because you have guys like uh, Blake Smith. You have guys like uh, uh, Jake Johnson uh, and even uh, 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 Theodore Mellon Olstrom, the, the guy from from Sweden that, that have the bodies like those kind of hybrid flex uh, wide receiver tight ends like you see in the NFL that'll flex out even that kind of Mike Evans type body type. Uh, will they use those guys a little bit more? Will they be able to add a little bit more depth to the whole wide receiver core? I know that they have Evan Stewart, the freshman coming in, who's going to be, we would think be pretty good. And uh, Anaya Smith coming back, uh, you'll Keith Brown and uh, um, uh, Chase Lane, some guys with a little bit of experience, but how much is that tight end uh, uh, group going to actually mesh in there and what, how do they fit into uh, the game plan is, is something big that I'm uh, definitely looking out for. And then another guy on the uh, defensive side of the ball, uh, uh, Jardin Gilbert at safety. He's as long of a defensive back as A&M has had in a really long time, really tall guy. Seeing how he, he's seen a lot of time with the first team. How does he slot in next to uh, Damani Richardson uh, and what kind of uh, role could he play? Also seen Anthony Lucas uh, uh, slotting in there at uh, defensive end a little bit. What kind of role can he play? Those are some of the guys that have stood out to me so far. Yeah, you know, going back to the tight ends, you know, when, when you look at the kind of offense, it seems like Jimbo really wants to run. It incorporates two tight ends and it incorporates two types of tight ends. And it, you saw it his first season at, at A&M because they had the perfect combination for it. Trevor Wood was the blocking on the line, hand in the dirt kind of guy who's going to, you know, be in the run game, be that extra tackle block, block, block. You had Jay Sternberger who was going to split out wide in that number three receiver. Maybe he goes kind of in an H back behind the line kind of guy. He's going to be a passing threat. That's all the time we have for this week's My Aggie Nation podcast. Thanks so much for joining. We'll be back next week with a little bit more from Texas A&M's fall camp. So for Alex Miller, I'm Travis Brown. This is the My Aggie Nation podcast and the post press conference video. We'll talk to you next week.